Well, we are continuing in our series in 1 John. Is that a surprise? If you've been with us for a while, you know, it takes a little bit of time to go through chapter by chapter. Um, so if you have your Bible with you, we encourage you to open your Bible, become familiar with where 1 John is in the Bible. Uh, if you need a Bible to follow along, just raise your hand and the usher will hand you a Bible or you could also, of course, use your electronic device. And Jason are... did a great job last week, didn't Absolutely. he? Yeah. He did a wonderful job. And he spoke about a wonderful truth. Yes, establishing that truth about in the our hearts. the truth that we are children of God. Children of God. Like if you've given your life to Christ uh, and you're born again, the Bible calls that being born again. You're born of God's spirit. Scripture says, beloved, now are you a child of God. Now that should really make us smile every day we yes. get up. No matter what's happening, like you are a child of God. And so we want to, before we get into today's scripture, which we're going to do 1 John chapter 3, verses 4 to 10, we're going to cover a few more scriptures. Uh, we're not quite there yet. Um, it's pretty funny, Jason. It what? might be Thanksgiving when we're done. <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to lay a little bit of a foundation for what it means to be a child of God, according to the Bible, because... Mm -hmm. You know, there are a lot of views out there floating around on the internet, floating around on social media, even in families, people that just will say, well, we're all God's children. We're all just going to go to heaven when we die. Uh, it all sounds reassuring. It sounds very comforting, mm -hmm. especially when you're at a funeral and you hear these things. Uh, but it, it's actually just not true. We want the truth, amen. We want the truth, right? Yes. I mean, all human beings are made in the image of God. That's right. And all human beings are precious to God. But there's just one big universal problem in light of all that that keeps us all separated from God. What is it? It's the human dilemma of sin, sin right? <laughs> sin. We all come into the world with a fallen sin nature, that we inherited from Adam, and it makes us all prone to sin and to wander and to rebel from God. Like, have you noticed any of that around the world these days? <laughs> Here and there we see it. Jeez. I mean, and Scripture tells us that God the Father desires that none perish. That's right. In eternal death, but that all would come to the saving knowledge of Christ. To the knowledge of the truth. And as we're going to read today in these scriptures, um, Jesus came to take away the sin of the world. So sin is a big issue to God. He gave himself, Jesus gave himself as a ransom for all people to pay the penalty for all people's sin. Sin is what has separated us from God. Mm -hmm. But we know that not all people love the truth, want the truth, or will even accept the truth that I just spoke out to you right now. That's right. That Jesus is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And that no one comes to the Father, or no one goes to heaven, or no one has eternal life apart from Jesus and what he did for us. We go through Jesus. And so to accept that truth means that you and I have to recognize mm -hmm. and own my own fallen condition. 
This is what makes it hard for people because it's like, whoa, now we're talking about sin. You're saying that I am a sinful person? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Basically, uh-huh. And, you, and this is why we need a loving Savior. This is why the gospel is such good news. So not all human beings are automatically bound for heaven and God's children. We have to understand that. And it's just important, like, on the one hand, how glorious it is that we can be all God's children. Yes. That God has made a way for that. But it's just important for us to understand the big story of the Bible and what it's telling us from the beginning to the end and not just want little sound bites. Right. We're, we're used to little sound bites, these little shorts, you know, just give it to me in two minutes or less and I'm going to understand. We, we often can't <laughs> understand if we just would take a scripture like, beloved, now are we the children of God. If that's the only scripture you looked at, then hey, if that's the only thing you knew, I'm you'd a child of God. <laughs> you'd be like, well, well, wait, wait, wait. There's another whole part to this understanding of how you become a child of God. And this is why we like to do series of messages on a book of the Bible because you might, we have to read the whole context. In five short chapters of 1 John, you'll understand a lot about living out our life as children of God. And so Jesus made a way so that we all can become God's children. Amen. You know, again, this is why we preach what we call, the Bible calls the good news. Basically, what I was just sharing with you was the good news. It's the gospel. Of the gospel. And people have to hear this. They have to hear the whole chunk of it. Because the Bible says faith comes how? By hearing. Yes. So, actually, the words that I'm speaking here are contained. They're supernatural. The Holy Spirit comes and starts to work on people's hearts when yes. you start saying these things. And then faith comes by hearing, and then, of course, it's not enough to just hear. We have to respond. Mm -hmm. It's the response of the heart expressed through the mouth. Because Scripture says, what anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. How many? Anyone who, right. who does what? Who calls upon the name of the Lord. So there has to be this heartfelt response like, and recognition. I want you. I need you. I'm desperate for I'm you. I'm desperate for you. <laughs> My sins need to be forgiven. And our church's mission is, you know, to help people know God. Because there's a lot of views of God. But he gave us a book so that he can be explained to our finite mind. Our church's mission is to help people know God and to find his purpose for his, your life. Yeah, He's your creator. <laughs> He's your creator. So he would know how and what you were designed to do. Not, you know, we don't want to do our purpose and then find out the ladder that we were climbing is on the wrong building. We want to find out what God's purpose for our life is and that means that he communicates to you. And when we start to walk in the things of God and follow his pathway, we're going to experience life. You know, there's a lot of people living, but there's a lot of walking dead people. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is just like what Pastor Mamie was talking about. Christianity is incredibly spiritual. You've got to understand that God is spirit, and that's how he communicates with you. He communicates with you through his spirit, to your spirit. The Bible clearly declares that you're a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. 
And so when we start to do these things with God and allow ourselves to be open with God and start to walk in his path for our life, life, true life, is going to be experienced by those people. And we see what's happening in the world. Jesus said it this way. He says, what, what, what benefit is there for a man who gains the whole world and loses his eternal life? It's a lot of times like what God is saying. What man highly esteems, God just despises. And so we see this, that we are living in crazy times. If you've watched any of the news here lately, this last week has been, I mean, off the charts. I just, it's crazy. Crazy. And we need to be sharing our faith. Yes, at this point. In fact, we had yesterday, in one afternoon, we had a Jehovah Witness knock at our door and a couple of Mormons yes. knock at our door. And I thought, well, they're out. People are out saying. We didn't have much time for a discussion at all. We were really busy when it happened. But I just thought, wow, two in one day. Are we sharing our faith? We need to be sharing our faith. We it's want to make a times. point that neither of those people are Christians. No, yeah, we. They about don't that believe before. the scripture. I asked them flat out, "Are you born again?" They said, "No." No, we're not born again. I wish I could have had time because we're moving everything in the house, and I'm sweating and just like I should have said, "Come on in and help me." <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk as we work. Yeah. <laughs> Well, going back to... Uh, We're called to be John. laborers in the yes, harvest. Yes, we are called to be laborers in the harvest. And this is really important. It's part of our purpose is to express the love of God. What Pastor Mamie said earlier is the love of God. When he declares that, guess what? You're a sinner and you need to be born again. You need to be born of his spirit. That's love in action. A false and a lie would be, you're okay, I'm okay. Your truth and my truth. No, there is only one truth, and it's God's truth. And we have to help people to be directed toward it. Does that mean that when we share the gospel, everybody's going to say, I want Jesus? No, anybody who's actually been laborers on the harvest, you're going to find that that's not happening very often. People want to do their own way because they don't want to acknowledge this sin problem. And in 1 John, it really does make some distinctions. And this is really an important book of the Bible to read. Some clear distinctions. He makes a distinction between the love for the light or the love for darkness. The love for the Father or the love for this world. Christ and Antichrist. And the verses we're going to read today are going to, you know, it makes the distinction really clear. <laughs> children of God or children of the devil. Even Jesus brought this up. You're, he's told a group of people that says, you're of your father the devil. So that Jesus himself declares, not everybody is a child of God. Just like what Pastor Baby said. Everybody's created in the image and the likeness of God, but not everybody is a child of God. So we're going to take a look at some of the things that, uh, well, we understand. If you've read this before, 
that Jesus was manifest to destroy the works of the devil. To destroy the works of the devil. And as you walk with Christ, those works of the devil start to fall off of you. Praise God. But he's also understanding that he's, the devil himself is not one thing that he's his, you could just say he's very persistent. And, you know, he was the original rebellious one and brought sin into this earth, into the existence between man. And it took the cross of Jesus Christ to take away the sin of the world. Yeah. And that doesn't mean everybody is saved because you have to go and do it his way. But sin is a big deal to God. That's what has separated man from a holy God. Heaven is completely free of sin. It's holy, perfect, and pure. <laughs> and you know what? God wants people there. And that's why he sent Jesus Christ. But we have to deal with the sin problem. We have to deal with the sin problem. Jesus himself made a way for mankind, you and I, to become holy and righteous without blame. All because of his blood and his sacrifice. He's made it so that we can have an intimate relationship with God the Father through God the Holy Spirit. That we can be adopted into his family. We can become children of the living God, not children of the devil. He's just, in this world, people are forgetting what sin is. They've hardened their hearts so much that they've rejected, truly they've rejected God. That started in the 60s in America. Taking all this out of the school, prayer out of the school. Rejecting God. Because it always puts it back on an individual that I have sinned against God. But everybody wants to be their own God. Yeah. And so we have to deal with the sin issue. And it is, there's an answer to it. There's a total answer to it. And this whole society has lost the entire concept of what sin right. is. You hear now, just as, the, just as gender has been called a social construct, it's like, well, it doesn't matter what biology says. It's just something that we've all, society, we've grown with, and now we, we call people male and female. People have said sin is a social construct. It's just made up by people to make you feel bad, to make you feel guilty. And these things are pushing inside of, you know, all the facets of our, of our institutions. I mean, so much of our nation has forgotten God. Like, the other day I heard on the news on Jeopardy, people that watch Jeopardy, the three contestants, I mean, these people are like semi-geniuses, aren't they, usually? <laughs> they couldn't answer, they couldn't put the, fra the right word in the phrase where they said, finish this phrase, you know. Our Father, who art in heaven, blank be thy name. What is the word? Hallowed. None of them knew it. None of them knew it. We used to say that in elementary school. 
It was a, it's, a, it's, it's alarming. This is not like some, I don't know, some other country that has never had any Christian base of people that are the contestants. Right. Alarming for supposedly a Christian nation, which the truth is many think we still are a Christian nation, but we're basically not a Christian nation anymore. No. Because it does seem as though anything and everything is getting pushed to be accepted. And without truth, without a standard, if we're not going to say Jesus is the way, the truth, and there, if there is no truth, there's no standard to judge anything by, right. correct? So everything is boundaryless now, and we see where this is going. Yeah. And we have to be able to stand up and say, no, it's, a, it's wrong. And be, you know, you're going to be called a hater, you're going to be called a bigot, a transphobe, a homophobe, you'll be called all these names. Right. But we have to be willing to say it's wrong. It's a lie. Because what was once universally accepted yeah. as morally just unthinkable and evil and even depraved is now just affirmed and welcomed. Who would have thought we would see drag queen story hours? Have you seen this stuff? You need to go online. You need to look at some news Go on Fox News, go on Daily Wire, go on some of these places and yeah. see it's pretty sick. what's getting produced as public entertainment and what they're doing. It's like an adult porn show and kids are sitting there and parents are having their beer and drinking and they're all laughing and the, these people are doing sexual dances in front of the kids. It blows your mind. You go, wait, What? Why is this not illegal? We need to understand where our nation is headed. We need a, the church is the only hope. Right. We are to be the light of the world. We are to be the Jesus shiners. But if we are, then we have to stand for truth. If we're, if we're just all wishy-washy, the devil's like, yeah, that's exactly what he wants. I mean, we have, and this is, I'm, who would have thought five or seven years ago that birth certificates would have three or more. I remember when we first mentioned it here in the pulpit, and we all were all like, gasp. <gasps> what? And now it's common, state by state by state by state. And I think, where is the medical profession? What's happened to people? Yeah, don't trust your doctor if, you can't, if he can't tell you that you're a boy or a girl. <laughs> I mean, don't let him have a scalpel. <laughs> That's, it's true. It is I mean, true. we laugh, but it's like this... Minor attracted persons, pedophilia is now a minor attracted person. They're pushing for these things so that the legal standards against arrests will be, will be narrowed down and won't be as severe. We have to be aware of this. Did you see? And I'm going to mention this. We are going to get to our scripture. But it fits with it because we have to understand right. sin and we have to be able to go, this is outright sin and God is not pleased with it. At all. I mean, what happened at the White House to celebrate the whole month for Pride Month with the, the man who, you know, has... Who thinks he's a woman. You know, takes his shirt off, or children in here, you know, covers his prosthetic breast yes. with, you know, his hands and stands there and everybody's laughing. In the and, White House. In folks. the White House, and this is the celebration. And I think, okay, this is bizarre. It's not a celebration, let's call it what it is. The church must be willing to call sin, sin. It's not that God hates 
the people doing these things. Right, right. This is what we have to understand. These people, just like all of us, were trapped in the bondage of sin. Sin will take you to places... Further than you think. Yeah. Unrestrained, you'll get, it'll be depravity. Just plain depravity. If we do not stand against sin and want to walk in righteousness... And so many of these people are actually trapped in a demonic oppression. That's correct. It's, there's, it's demon activity. We talked about return of the gods. Well, there's demonic activity working in the minds of people who are just taking every thought, taking every thought, agreeing with everything on social media. And before you know it, it's like sheep running off of a cliff. And you've got, we've got skyrocketing cases of suicide young people mm-hmm. mental depression cutting themselves and they'll say i just was trying to feel alive get, feel alive and get, relieve the inner pain because so many of these people after transitioning and then they detransition they'll say it didn't the body part change didn't change what was hurting me up here and this is where jesus came europe is stopping to this, heal the broken know, hearted and it's ramping up in the united states and Europe is stopping it because of the devastation that's happening. Well, they're, they're 20 years ahead of us. They, be, they began doing it in the early 2000 clinics. And now they're seeing that they've got a wash of young people, young adults, that are very troubled by permanent changes in their body. The, who's the answer? What's the answer? Jesus came. Yeah, he came to take away the sin of the world. And heal the brokenhearted. But we have to be willing to call sin, sin. In our own life. We, let's, let's don't just always think about pointing out in, in, to other people. I mean, because he, he's wanting us to walk in the power of God. And that power of God has to come into a, a vessel of, of honor. And we need to be those people. And, and God's grace and power will free people, free yes. us from sin. It's God, God's grace and power that actually helps us to become free from Hallelujah. the bondages of sin. So there are answers. There are answers for all of us. Yes. Today we're going to look at how, what a child of God is out of 1 John. And it's important for us to understand that a child will take on the nature of their parents. Amen? (laughs) They'll naturally grow into that DNA. And if you're born again, you have the DNA of God the Father. And so that would mean that we are going to progressively walk toward righteousness and holiness. But not in our own strength, as the scripture declares. And John tells us right now, That we can distinguish between a child of God and a child of the devil. So let's pick it up here in uh, 1 John chapter 4, or chapter 3, verses 4 through 10. It says, everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. And you know that he, Jesus, appeared in order to take away sin. And in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous, 
as he is righteous. And whoever practices, who makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Verse 9, no one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him. And he cannot keep on sinning because he's been born of God. And by this, it's evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. So as a, as a child of God, we've been given a new identity. Mm-hmm. You're a new creation in Christ. Old things pass away, all things become new, and all things are of God. And our self-worth is not based on our bank account or how many followers you have. Our self-worth is based on you're a child of God. You're loved by God. That's something you need to meditate on and come to a realization that I really am loved by God. Because you'll hear a voice that said, now remember this, remember that, remember this. If you've confessed your sin... It's washed away. Jesus came to do what? Take away the sin of the world. Take away the sin of the world. The media and this world wants to conform you into their image. They want to tell you who you are. Advertising will tell you, you need this. Your life is incomplete without it. All the while, God is telling you who you really are. This is what we need. Our purpose, our destiny is found in knowing him and experiencing his life within us, walking in his way. You've been given a new nature. Your spirit was recreated when you surrendered to Jesus Christ. Your spirit was recreated. You have the actual DNA of God inside of you. You have this treasure in an earthen body. You have the mind of the spirit and you have the mind of the flesh. And the way do you distinguish that is by getting back into his word to find out the truth of what Jesus has actually said. It's important for us to understand if you're a child of God, just like little Benjamin is going to start to take on characteristics of their, of, of their parents all the time, just like your kids, all of yeah. a sudden. Don't you ever see that? I mean... I'll say that to him. Steve's dad has passed away already, but it'd be like, you sound just like your dad. That's just what your dad would do. <laughs> then people say, well, I guess the apple didn't fall very far from the tree, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> and, and slowly but surely that manifests. You know, even to come back into the speech patterns, it can really work that way. And so if we're born of God's spirit, and this is a process, it doesn't happen all at once. Wish it would. It's a process. We should be taking on, we should expect to be taking on more of the characteristics of the nature of God himself. We should expect to be saying no to certain things we used to do. Nope, that's, that's not part of the kingdom. Nope, that doesn't work. 
Not anymore. I used to do that, but not anymore. It's called sanctification, and it's a lifelong process. Sanctification. It's like, okay, I don't do that anymore. I see, I see what the scripture says. Oh, oh man, I didn't even know that. Okay, I, I, I'm going to ask God to help me. I'm going to ask God for forgiveness because I was doing this and I see that it's not pleasing to him. So I'm going to ask you, Lord, please forgive me this. And I'm asking you for grace. And grace is the power of God to come upon you so that you can walk away from that sin problem. The Bible declares in Romans chapter 8, I think it's verse 29, that we're to be conformed to the image of Christ himself. It actually says that we are, it's our destiny. Yes. This is actually the work of God. I mean, the whole point of our salvation, God's like, now you're my child and, and I'm going to lead you into becoming more and more like Jesus. And we say That's we love opener. him. I mean, go ahead. If we say we love him. But do you know what Jesus said in, in the Gospel of John? He says, if you love me, you'll obey me. He's, he's simply saying, to prove it out, and you, it's the same thing in 1 John, to prove it out is you do what he just simply said. Yeah. And so the nature of Jesus is meant to just shine through our life. No matter what you're called to do, like through our actions, our mm -hmm. Priorities, And this is, again, it's a lifetime process. The Holy Spirit begins to work in us as we read the word, as you yeah. fellowship in church and you hear the word of God. If you are desiring, because this is a partnership, God's not going to do it for you. That's a good point. Right we there. have to say, yes, Lord, I desire you. And then he begins to help you with your actions, your speech, your priorities, you know, giving you a love for truth. Like yes. no matter what your role, profession is, you could be a mechanic, a school teacher, a lawyer, you know, a stay-at-home mom. No matter what your role is, the life of Christ is meant to shine through you. It doesn't mean that you're called into ministry like the way some people might be. And you say, well, what is the nature of Jesus then? What's the basic nature of Jesus? Well, I... You could probably teach forever on this, but I mean, the fruit of the Spirit is one place to go to. Right. Because Jesus said, you'll know a tree by its fruit. So the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22, would just run through these very quick, the nine fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. And it says this in the Amplified. It says, in other words, the work which his presence within accomplishes. So we have to get this. Like, there's the Holy Spirit wants to... Help our personalities yeah. and our nature be, have show love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, or in other words, meekness or humility. And what's the last one? Self-control. Yeah, there you go. Self-control. And so it hits it, his presence within we like to teach a lot around this over the years that to become more spiritually minded, we have to become aware that the Holy Spirit is whispering to us, like what Pastor Steve was saying. You know, if you get up, you're in a bad mood, everybody knows it, you know, you're letting everybody know. Well, we have to let the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, there you go. We have to ask the Holy Spirit, help me, Lord, to be more patient. God, help me to walk in peace instead of this confusion and turmoil. He'll help us if we ask him right we need to be but dependent on him and it's a cooperative process yes with God absolutely yeah. as we grow up to become more like jesus it doesn't happen overnight 
even the, uh, the great apostle Paul, let's take a look at this scripture in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. The great apostle Paul himself, who wrote three quarters of the New Testament, he says this, he says, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it. He's saying I haven't arrived even. But I focus on one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Paul himself says, I didn't cross the finish line yet. I, I have not arrived. It is a sanctification, is a lifelong process. But like Pastor Mamie mm-hmm. says, it's, it's the, the way you gain ground is you cooperate with the Word of God. Yeah. That's it. You, you know, we, that means that you will struggle against sin. You'll want to do something and you'll say, mm, no. And if you're sensitive enough to the Holy Spirit, He's going to give you a little scratch inside. He's going to mm-hmm. say, mm-mm. And it's so easy to override that, isn't it? Haven't we all found that we look back and we go, I see how God was trying to get my attention. I ignored him. Yes. And, and so we become, have to become more sensitive spiritually. Absolutely. You know, this is, goes to Philippians chapter 2 here. This is from the Living Bible. It's not up on the screen. You were just going to read this just to give a better oh. understanding. Well, I'm jumping to Philippians. It says to work oh. out your salvation with fear and trembling. That means that this, this battle we, we have, and we're going to be going on this battle back and forth. But we work out our salvation with fear and trembling. But it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Once again... We want to put all this guilt on ourselves, but if we confess our sins and ask God for the grace to come upon us to help us, we just come to a place of like, okay, you know, the Lord is going to help me with this. He's going to help me with this. I'm going to overcome it. See, look who's at work in you. Verse 13, so important that we remember this. If our destiny is to be conformed into the image of Christ, then of course it would make sense that God would be at work in us saying, Here's who I made you to be. Pay attention to this. And we're working out our salvation. You know, it says with fear and trembling, this is part of recognizing, I don't want to walk in sin. I don't want to, when we go back to those scriptures uh, that we just read here out of First John, it says we want to practice righteousness. The, the people born of God's seed want to practice righteousness. And so with these, these things all fit together when you see what God's trying to do in and through us. And so God's grace will help us overcome. It will help us. Did you want to read the, the Living Bible? or No, we have that in our notes here. But. Yeah, well, let me look on your computer there. This is, again, Apostle Paul, the great Apostle Paul, unable to walk perfect before God. Just like this is because we're dealing with the flesh. We won't be able to have a complete freedom from it until the flesh is dissolved. Amen? Mm -hmm. It says, Paul writes this. This is the Living Bible. And there's a lot of great stuff in the Living Bible. That's the first Bible I ever read. He says this, when I want to do good, I don't. And when I try not to do wrong, I do it anyway. Now, if I'm doing what I don't want to do, it's plain where the trouble is. 
sin still has in me an evil grasp. It seems to be a fact of life that when I want to do what's right, I inevitably do what's wrong. Sounds familiar. (laughs) I love to do God's will so far as my new nature is concerned, but there is something else deep within me, in my flesh, that's at war with my mind and wins the fight and makes me a slave to sin that's still within me. In my mind, I want to do what God, I want to be a God's willing servant, but instead I find myself enslaved to sin. You see how it is? My new life tells me to do right, but my flesh loves to sin. Oh, what a terrible predicament I'm in. Who will free me from my slavery to this deadly lower nature? Thank God it's been done by Jesus Christ, our Lord. He has set us free. Amen. He has set us free. We're going to struggle against sin all it, our lives. But there's a difference between practicing sin and committing sin. And that's what these scriptures that we looked at in 1 John today are talking about. You know, as we struggle and resist sin, when we commit sin and we resist and then we ask God to forgive us, it's different than practicing sin. Even if you feel like, well, I'm just caught in this thing. But if you're resisting, you're learning to walk in righteousness. Mm-hmm. It's That's different right. than someone who's just intentionally sinning and has no conscience about it and still says, I'm a child of God. And there's something there that is, we should be cautious about. I mean, we're never going to work out our salvation perfectly. We will commit sin along the way. We, we shouldn't be able to just go, well, I will commit it. No, if we want to be pleasing to God, mm-hmm. you know, we will continually ask God to help us walk away from sin. But practicing sin and committing it are two different things. And, and this is where John, in 1 John, he says this in 1 John 6, 1, 6. We looked at this already in previous weeks. Mm-hmm. But it says, if we say we're partakers together and enjoy fellowship with him when we live and move and are walking in darkness, in other words, I'm just practicing unrighteousness, we're both speaking falsely and don't live and practice the truth. There. So I say, we say this again, even when I make a commitment, if you make a commitment, as many of you have, to pursue righteousness, none of us are going to do this perfectly. We will commit sin along the way. I mean, people come into Christ to knowing Christ with all kinds of emotional and mental baggage wounds from just living in the world i mean we just mentioned all the stuff that we see in the world people caught up in the bond this whole transgender confusion drug abuse homosexual lifestyles addictions you know just shame from depending on what's gone on in your past like sin patterns of sin don't just necessarily fall off us instantly on occasion you get that happening when someone gives their life to christ I remember we water baptized a man who was, had a severe alcohol addiction. That's and right. after he was water baptized, he knew when he came up out of the water, he said, I just felt like I, had, I didn't have this desire for alcohol anymore. And that literally was the last day that's, he ever that. took a drink. So there are things, sin and bondages that can instantly fall off. But it's probably not the norm. 
we will all have to get on this pursuit of sanctification, like, help me, Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. It's like the song we sing, I'm desperate for you. Help me, free me. And it takes honesty to do that. When we stumble and fall, the devil's right there saying, why don't you just quit all this stuff and, and just walk away from it? It doesn't work. This is why you need a body around you. You need church people around you. You need some preaching around you to help go straighten my mind up, align my heart again. This is why even once a week isn't often enough. Right. People will say, well, I walked out of church. I felt pretty good, but by evening, it felt like in my house, everything fell apart. How many of you have ever felt like that? It's like, I need to come back. We used to go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, right. and I still used to feel like, yes, I could use more. And that's why it's daily. You need to read this word. Put it in. This word is spirit and truth. And when you put it in, spirit and truth, it just imparts into you. There's something supernatural that happens to you when you yield your heart to reading the word and just simply say, Lord, I want to know you. And you find something good in here and you just ask him and say, Lord, I'm, I'm making my way toward this. Help me yeah. to do it. Yeah. It's so personal. Our relationship with Christ is very personal. It's not just about coming and doing and don't do this and do that. It's about a personal relationship with God. Who comes, yes. Holy Spirit comes to make his home in our heart. And he loves us. He loves you with an everlasting love. This is why Jesus came into the world. God so loved the world. Yeah, that's right. He, he, he desires none perish, but all find eternal life and to know him. And not just a ticket to heaven. Right. That's the beginning. Eternal life comes. And then he said, I want to show you who I really made you to be. I want to show you the gifts I put inside of you. I want to show you even then the people. Because we're all meant to belong to a local body, a church, where we are using our gifts and pursuing God together. That's when this thing begins to come alive. But it does take effort. It takes commitment to Christ. It takes commitment to other people. We, we, we stopped on that last scripture that says love for one another is part of this scripture. It says that, that we don't practice righteousness. He who doesn't practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. So loving our brothers and sisters in Christ yes. is also a very big part of the nature of God. And you really cannot do that if you're just living like a little island unto yourself. If you just come to church to get what you get and then you leave, it's, it's kind of selfish, really. We're meant to come and share our life, love our brothers and sisters. And when we do that, we're actually learning to walk in a little bit more righteousness, a little bit more righteousness and holiness. Uh, God has good things yes. in store for us. He has good things in store for you. So let's yield our heart. Amen? Yes. Father, we just, we thank you for, we thank you for our time in the word today. Lord, we thank you for that dedication of a little child dedicated to you. Yes. <laughs> Lord, we thank you for the children in this church. Lord, you need these children to know you, love you, be a voice for you. Walk in the ways of the destiny that you have for them. I pray for our families, Lord. The parents, the dads are so important. It's Father's Day. The dads would be an example of the stability and the security 
and even to the looking to Christ. I yes. pray that every family in this church would make Jesus the head of that family. That we would all bow our knee to you, Jesus. You have, you love us with an everlasting love. Your plans and thoughts towards us are good. I pray, Lord, that we would be a people that would cooperate, bow our knee, partner with you, walk in the love of God. Yes. Share the love of God. We thank you, Holy Spirit. And give us a greater hunger for righteousness, a greater boldness yes. to stand for you in the day and time we live in. Help us to shine for you, Lord, wherever we go, to share the love of God, the truth of God, unashamedly. We talked earlier about not everybody's a child of God. You might have thought, I am a child of God, but you didn't do it the way the Bible declares believe in your heart and you speak with your mouth you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord you recognize your spiritual condition and that is of a sinner but yet Jesus came to save you and how does that happen that happens when you recognize that I've sinned against God the Father I've sinned against Jesus i sinned against the Holy Spirit And if you stop right there, then you're in a lot of trouble. But Jesus came to take away the sin of the world. And you yield your heart to him. Jesus, you cry out to him like blind Bartimaeus. Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, have mercy on me. I ask you to forgive me, Lord. Save me, Jesus. That's how you get born again. Anyone in here would like to give their life to Christ? Cry out to him. Today's the day of salvation. Yes. Father God, it seems like we are all adopted into your family. Once again, I ask that we become truly aware of your ever-present existence within us and upon us. We ask you to bless this church, Lord, to be laborers in your harvest. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.